the purpose of relationships is not to be together forever and it's not to be the couple that everybody wants relationship goals. It's just to learn and to grow. So young love, you know, there's some stuff about that that I think as adults, we do wrong. I also am in the belief that length of relationship doesn't always mean success of relationship. I've tried on, you know, 17 pairs of pants and this is it, right? This is the pair that beats them all. Right. And some boundaries that you may have set up really aren't important. Anytime we can get the voices of our youth into the conversations about our youth, I think it's a good thing. And we're back. It's episode five, season two. It's not human sexuality. And I'm Dr. B. And I'm Mandy Johnson. And we're glad you're here because today or this episode, we're going to talk about young love. Oh, young love. You know, hopefully a lot of us had that. And let's qualify young. What, what, what do we mean when we say young love? I believe we're talking about teenagers. I think we're talking about teenagers, too. Yeah. So you and I, same page right yeah. there. Out of the gate. As long as everybody else is with us. <laughs> well, since we're driving this bus, that's just where it's going. <laughs> they're going where we we're take going them. Where they're going. So young love, you know, um, there's some there's some stuff about that that I think as adults we do wrong. I would agree. I'd say the number one thing that that adults start with is by dismissing young love oh. as not real. As not real. Or yeah. not important. Or but not mostly la- not real. Not real. Like, well, but you, but I love, I love him. You're like, nah, you don't know what love is. Right? Yeah. Well, why did we say that? I don't know why we say that. I think maybe there some adults are intimidated by teen love. Or scared. Scared? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if, if, if this is love, you know, we're afraid it might lead to stuff. Absolutely. Right. And then in some regard, that might be okay. You know, I think young love is a great, I think it's a great thing. I do too. I think it's, I think it's important. I think it helps build a repertoire or a, a, a memory bank of things that we use as adults. Huh. The important thing is, is that hopefully it's not tragic so that then we just build all of that garbage after year, after year, after year, bringing it in, you know, bringing, bringing all that baggage into adult mm. relationships. So that is negative. That's bad. But maybe if we started acknowledging that when our teenagers are feeling emotions for another person, we should talk to them about it. What does it feel like? Why do you say that? Because I think we say, well, that's not love because we're older. And so we have a relationship that we think is love. And so we look back at where we thought we were in love and we realized that wasn't love. But I started thinking about that and I started to realize, no, it was love. It was love. It was just different it's maybe a less mature form of it or maybe not depends on i I mean i don't know i i part of me says oh it's maybe a less mature form because you're still learning about yourself and and you're learning about relationships but but i also know several people who i i have an aunt who met her her husband at 14 and they've been together ever since and you know they're they're both in their 50s now and and they've been happy and in love since they were 14 years old I know. And see, that person to me, when you say that is, how would they know this person is the person? If they never tried out anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, you know, and I hate to say that, but why we have 
31 flavors in no, ice cream. I, I struggle I, with that as well. You know, and, and it's not like I'm always looking over my shoulder. I've been married for 35 years, happily married for 35 years. And I knew, like I knew, I told you this before, I knew after dating him for four months, like this was it. But I knew that based on my memory bank of previous relationships, right? right? Like I knew that kind of like when you're shopping for clothes or something, you all of a sudden you go, this is it. Right. This is it. I've tried on, you know, 17 pairs of pants and this is it, right? This is the pair that beats them all. Right. But I can also say that there's that part of me, if we're using the shopping analogy, where I would maybe go look for a car and I know what I want in a car. I know what I want it to do. I know the price point that I need to meet. And so when I meet that, I see that car, I drive that car, I'm in, like I'm all in, I'm going to buy this car. Whereas my husband would be like, oh, I really like this car and it ticks all my boxes, but I have to drive 500 other, that's an exaggeration, 10 more cars to make sure that this is the one, right? right? And that's frustrating for me, right? Because I know, and I always think to myself, but if you know this ticks all your boxes, why would you keep looking? Right. And so maybe that's how it is with young love. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that some people need need to experiment and, and learn. And I think other people, it just works. They know immediately. I don't think that happens as often, though. Um, and maybe that's part of why adults dismiss young love is because it doesn't happen as often that you find what you'd call true love, the forever rest of your life love as a young person. But I don't think that diminishes what their love is at that moment. Yeah, no, I think it's a great training ground to to learn about yourself and, and what you will accept and not accept from another person and to define your own boundaries with another person. You know, it's it's one thing to to think about your boundaries. It's another one to have somebody try to cross them and, and realize what that really will do to you. You know, so many people go into relationships. I would never let him or her do this thing. I know. But then they're in this relationship and this thing happens and they're like, well. Just you know, this once. Yeah, just this once. And whether it's a bad thing or a good thing, it you know, it's I'm not I don't want everything to to make it sound like I'm talking about abuse or anything like that. Just realizing, though, that some boundaries aren't really there that you think are and some boundaries exist that you didn't know existed until somebody crossed them for the first time. And some boundaries that you may have set up really aren't important. Right. Right. Because it, that's that maturity thing. Like, I think you should worship the ground I walk on. And if you don't, then this relationship is over, right? And right. so, and that's young love. It it can be impulsive. It can be a knee-jerk reaction, you know. Um, and, a, and a lot of times, as we know, there isn't longevity. I mean, you're you're in the high schools and you see students that are like, oh my gosh, so-and-so just broke up. And they were, they were like, they were relationship goals. And you're like, really? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, well, how long have they been dating, going out, hanging out, whichever? And they'd be like, Three months. You're like, wow. You know, I mean, that's so yeah. fascinating to me that they think that's a long time. Yeah, they, they think that's a real long time. Six months is a is a huge deal. And, you know, when 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 relationships, when you're at a time when they can be fleeting, I guess maybe six months is a long time. I can remember feeling that way. Wow, six months. But, you know, I I also am in the belief that length of relationship doesn't always mean success of relationship you know and that you can't measure the success of relationship on how long it lasted because you know a relationship might have only lasted a month but it might be super successful in that it taught you a lot about who you are and what you want and what you need and what you'll take and what you won't take and to me that's success 
if you learned and grew because of it, that's success. And right. it doesn't always have to do with how long you you stayed together. Right. So let's talk about some things, especially when we're talking to our youth, and we've mentioned this before, but we tend to validate a young person's feelings when we feel that it is part of the structural norm, right? Mm-hmm. And we tend to invalidate their feelings when it doesn't, right? It's a phase. Uh, you'll meet new people. You'll, you know, this is, it's just for fun. It's a crutch because you don't want to be alone, those sort of things. Instead of saying, sitting him down and saying, tell me what it is about this relationship that you like. Because as teachers, what we see is drama, right? right? We see a lot of drama. And I think, especially for young people, they tend to feel that unless their relationship has drama, it's not valid. Do you see that? <laughs> I do see that. I mean, th- so talk to that. I mean, t- you know, what is that? I think that's a lot of media influence is what I see that as personally, just because if you see a relationship on TV or in movies, it's dramatic. That's what makes it a good TV show or a good movie. And and if there's not drama in the relationship, it's not worth watching. And so I think that a lot of teenagers translate that into if it's not dramatic enough, it's not worth having that they see that it was, well, it's not interesting enough to be a TV show, so it must not be real. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's that's kind of how I see it is that everything in TV is dramatic. And and when you compare your we just hang out and we watch movies together and we hold hands and we make out sometimes and there's no drama because he doesn't love my friends and I don't love him. You know, when when it seems so mundane to them, they they can see that as wrong because it's not anything they see portrayed in the media. Right. And so they create their own drama. Absolutely. But you know, like I, I'm older than you are. I grew up in the sixties, seventies, and I can tell you that I had a lot of high school friends that created their own drama. We didn't have the kind of TV we have now. Right. So they still created their own drama around, Oh my gosh, am I going to be asked? You know, how is he going to ask me to prom? Of course it's all heterosexually biased and based, right? We never talked about same-sex relationships seriously that was never discussed so it was a different time but it was always oh i wonder how you know if he's going to ask me to prom or you know what i'm saying yeah. or or you've been dating somebody for six months and they break up with you right before homecoming or whatever and then now what are you going to do because you don't have a date or or worse they've already asked you to go and now you have to go as the couple that broke up and it's just, you know, and in a small town, that just couldn't be worse. That just couldn't be worse than a TV show, really. Create drama where you can. Right. And so uh, what should we do instead? Instead of creating drama? No, instead of telling them this not love. <laughs> I well, think we should. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of with Mandy on that. <laughs> <laughs> what should we do instead of creating drama? Let's go there. Sure. <laughs> well, you know, what should we do instead about creating drama? Then we have to ask ourselves. Are we teaching them or are they learning that drama equals love? And we maybe need to try to teach them a different script. Okay. And how would we do that? How would we do that? Well, I, I mean, as in everything, I think we need to model it first. <laughs> yes, there's that. <laughs> we're, we're asking how, to, how do we get teenagers to, to not have drama in their relationship, but adults do too. So um, I, I don't know that there's an answer to not to getting the drama out of teenage relationships. But I, I don't think that that we should discount their relationships just because they are dramatic either. Right. So, but I think that maybe what we can do because we, like you said, we need to model it. So in the classroom or 
in um, guardian parent coaching and things like that, we should try to explain that some drama, and by drama, I'm meaning uh, fluctuations in your day or your relationship that increase your heart rate or cause a, uh, a pause of discussion or argument are healthy. Yeah. But we have to then decide to tell them or to try and teach them what is love. So what is love? Well, I don't know that I have a definition for that, Betsy, right. but, but I, I do know that, you know, there are signs and, and ways we can help kids understand the difference between healthy and unhealthy relationships, which I think we talked about in season one. We did for sure. You know, and, and to me, that's a, that's one of the best places to start, because when you start looking at what a healthy relationship looks like, there's not as much drama. So let's just let's just ask the question. Can, as I stated earlier, can drama equal love? Should love be dramatic or have drama? And what is a good balance for that? So when we when we think about that, we have to start all the way back to the beginning of this episode where we said, we tell our youth that's not love. They tell you they love this person and you're like, you don't know what love is. We don't tell them what love is. I just asked you, Mandy, what is love? So I don't I don't know if I have a definition for that. So but then we say, well, I'm going to tell you that's not it. Right. But so maybe what we need to start doing more with respect to is love drama or does it have dramatic events? Is drama love? And I think the most important thing to come out of that is yes and no. Right. Okay. And then what we springboard off of that and what I would like to see people do more, especially with young love, teenage love, is to start asking questions and stop telling. Why do you feel this is love? What makes you feel you'd love this person? What, tell me about your relationship that got you to this point of what you call love, right? So that we can start seeing and understanding what it is for them that equates love. And then we might hear some things that resonate with us as adults in our relationships. And then we go, hey, that is love. Maybe that is love after all. Right. But then we have to then qualify it by saying, but it's okay because you're 15 to not have this last forever. Right. And, 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 you know, maybe that's one of the things that we, we can teach teenagers about love is love doesn't always last forever. That doesn't make it not love. No. Right. Exactly. Because even as adults, this happens all the time. And so I feel that maybe we should start changing the the story. We should stop saying you don't know what love is. And we should start asking questions of why they think it's love. Tell me what you think love is. Right. Do you think that's a good place to start? I think that'd be a great place to start. Anytime we can get the the voices of our youth into the conversations about our youth. Right. I think it's a good thing. I yes, of course, <laughs> right? Because we always are just dismissing them. We're assuming what? we know what's right. <laughs> Without including their voices. Yeah, we're trying to fix their boat while ours is sinking. Something yes, like that. Something like that. Yeah. I think they call it being a hypocrite. But anyway, <laughs> not sure. Maybe throwing that word out there. Heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, I don't this is maybe an analogy, maybe it isn't, but I was thinking about it as drive driving over to the studio. You know how we always say to our 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 pets, our dogs, um, who's a good boy, who's a good dog, who's a good dog? 
Well, one day I saw this cartoon where this, I think you've probably seen it, where the it's like a Labrador. Sitting on the beach. Yeah, he's looking out over the ocean and he's th- and there's that thought bubble over his head. And he goes, what if I never find out who's a good boy? I, I love that one. <laughs> I know. And I think to myself. What if I never find, find out, out what's love? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So just put in place, put a young person there with this thought bubble of, what if I don't ever find out what true love is? And I think that's what we're putting in their heads when we say this isn't love. They don't have anything to build on as they get older to maybe know this is it. This is the pair of pants I want to buy, right? Right. This is the person I want to spend my life with, but I've only known them four months, right? So I believe in all of that. But I think the important thing as we've talked through this entire episode is that I think we need to start by validating what they're feeling and then have them deconstruct it and then construct it for us as to what they're feeling. You know, we do have a say and and an understanding really about what is healthy and what isn't healthy boundaries. Do you, how do you feel about that? And I think it's important maybe initially to ask more questions than do more talking. Yeah. And I I think it's a great idea for us to talk to, to young people about the, the purposes of being in relationships and, and, how how they should grow from them and whether that's learning about themselves or, or um, you know, learning their boundaries or whatever. But, you know, re- helping them realize that the purpose of relationships is not to be together forever and it's not to be the couple that everybody wants relationship goals. It's just to learn and to grow, whether right. that's, you know, learning about yourself or learning about yourself as a couple. Um, I think I think we need to start there and teaching kids what what relationships are for. Right. And I think one of the reasons why we're so, um, I guess for a better lack of words, um, prejudiced or, or skeptical or cynical maybe even about young love is because studies show that the younger people do things like get legally married, the more likely they are to be legally divorced. And so we're saying, well, we're older, wiser, and we want to help navigate this for you. And we can but we can't really do that if they're not listening and they're really not going to listen if we say, you don't know what love is. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We sure have enjoyed it as well. Stay tuned because we're going to bring you more of It's Not Human Sexuality Season 2. I'm Dr. B. And Mandy Johnson. Thanks for listening. Next time on It's Not Human Sexuality. Different types of relationships. So with the marriage age rising... Have we seen a decline in divorces? I think we have. Yep. When money is a bigger reason than cheating for for people breaking up, I'd say a lot of people get past cheating. So let's talk about open marriages. I think people get confused those with polyamory and they're different. (laughs) Autonomy. Good thing. Hang on to it. And a lot of people are willing to forgive. They are. They're like totally willing to forgive. But forgetting is really hard. Right. This podcast is produced by Hannah Copeland and recorded by Jeff Ratterman. 
All content is created by reproductive biologist, Dr. Betsy Cairo, and human sexuality education teacher, Mandy Johnson. We record at Redstone Sound in Loveland, Colorado. It's Not Human Sexuality is made in support of the nonprofit Look Both Ways, whose mission is to improve the lives of youth by imparting the knowledge and skills necessary to make informed decisions about their reproductive health. Anything else we want to get on on tape? No, I think we're good. All right. <laughs>